When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thanks for tuning to another edition of another Dolphins podcast. The bye week is over and we are on to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I got to say, if any team could skip class and master the test, I think it must be the Miami Dolphins. So I got to bring in Joshua Houts here. Man, talk about a fun football weekend. Yeah, I mean, it must be. It's easy for you to say you destroyed me in fantasy football. I mean, don't you want to get that out of the way, too? I know you were uh Hyped about that matchup. You absolutely annihilated me in fantasy football. But um, besides that, yes, this was the perfect bye week. If you're a Miami Dolphins fan, I mean, I know we're, um, you know, putting the cart before the the horse before the carriage, I guess. Is that the saying? You know what I mean? But I think we're all getting overly excited. Yeah, we're overly excited with the position we're in. But I mean, right now, man, one and a half games ahead of the Buffalo Bills. And they were so cocky going into this one, you know, talking about how they were going to beat the Denver Broncos. Everyone's talking about how the Dolphins have a a cupcake schedule and this was the team the Dolphins put 70 points on that just defeated the Buffalo Bills so it definitely feels good to be a Dolphins fan right now I gotta ask you this Josh to set the tone I haven't talked to you for a while and I and I love talking ball with you I'm very happy to be back here talking ball with you so would you rather be the Bronco excuse me be the Buffalo Bills and lose on having 12 men on the field for a missed field goal just for them to get another opportunity and nail the field goal? Or would you rather be first place in fantasy and then lose 157 to 85 to also relinquish first place in said fantasy league? Which fate do you think is worse? Damn, that's rough. I think I think the way they <laughs> lost it, right? You you kind of, they missed the, they missed the field goal. You got so excited and then there was 12 guys on the field and um, they ended up losing then. So I think that might be worse. But um, yeah, I see what you're saying, Jake. So yeah, we'll have to figure something out, Joshua. You're going to have to load up some Rocket League. I wonder if we can try to do a little call to action on Twitter. Maybe we can get some people to join us and we'll just do some like goose, some chaos, get like eight people in there, even some sort of round robin type thing. That way, I mean, me, me and you playing, I don't like solos. Rocket League, it's a team sport and you need a team to play together. So we're, we'll, we'll, we'll cook up something where I think we could have some fun with that in the future. Can we just team up and go against other people? Or can't you do that? Isn't yeah. it that easy? Yeah, we, we could do that. We can say, uh, man, this if we were still the Finsider, we could just do face the Finsider. But yeah, we, what we'll do is we'll we'll pick a night where we both log on to Rocket League. And if anyone wants to play us, uh, uh, they could play us. And we'll just kind of do that. Does that work? Done. Make it I happen. Love it, love it. But I man, Joshua, 
The Dolphins did not play this week, but talk about an excellent, excellent, excellent weekend of football. The AFC East had every standalone game Monday. It started with the Patriots benching Mac Jones in a 10-6 loss to Gardner Minshew and the Colts in Germany. And then we ended Sunday with a glorious Raiders 16-12 win over the New York Jets, where Zach Wilson threw for a whopping 263 yards and an interception. And then, Josh, we just mentioned it, that Denver Broncos versus the Buffalo Bills game. The Bills fall to 5-5 five and five with a cupcake loss to the Denver Broncos, 24-22 at home in primetime. Talk about a weekend, man. The Chargers lost by three to the Lions. The Bengals lost to the Texans. CJ Stroud looks absolutely awesome. I'm getting super ahead of myself, man. Let's talk about the AFC East and what happened this week. Uh, where would you like to begin? I think what's crazy is just thinking about how mighty the AFC East has fallen, right? I mean, coming into the season, we were thinking that this was going to be one of the most competitive divisions, and not to say it's not because it still is, but oh my God, man, the Buffalo Bills do not look themselves. The You mentioned the um, – New England Patriots fall flat on their face and we're kind of expecting the Jets to continue that plummet. So um, to me, it has to be last night. I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch the game. I fell asleep because I have three kids. So I didn't make it through that one. But when I woke up and saw that it was 24-22, I got so excited. And this morning I even wrote, went and wrote a quick article showing some of the reactions because my favorite thing had to be Kyle Brandt, who, you know, he's kind of a closet Buffalo Bills fan, but he talks a lot of crap to the Miami Dolphins, you know, their fan base. You know, we all saw the rant he went on when, the Dolphins lost, you know, you're not who you say you are. And I don't think Dolphins oh, ever really no pumped shit. themselves up. Yeah, but he looks so defeated, man. You you can just see it in his face, you know, how elated he was when that kick went through. And then you just see Peyton and even Eli's like, oh, what, 12 men on the field? Why would you do that? And then he just comes out and nails it. So fitting loss for the Buffalo Bills. And I just don't know where they go from here because um, I don't think their schedule gets any easier. Right, Jake? I think I wrote it down on the Finsider. They have the hardest, the Dolphins, I think. I'm, yeah. They played the Jets, which the Jets, those are division games that are pretty back and forth. Then the Eagles, then they have a bye. Then the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Patriots, and then the end of season against the Dolphins. So, um, man, the Bills are 5-5, five and five, and I don't think any of their fans or Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, any of them really thought they'd be in that situation right now. I mean, they just fired Ken Dorsey. I mean, it's, um, like you mentioned, man, the perfect bye week if you're a Dolphins fan. You know, maybe the Bills should have used motion to get that 12th player off the field. That is just so crazy that a special teams play. And I don't know if you saw this, man, but Josh Allen, it's so funny that every year since 2018, he has led the league in interceptions. He has been there. He goes through stretches. I cannot figure out Josh Allen because I think he's a freak of nature. He's an excellent quarterback. But man, there is it's like he goes. Tua to the 10th degree in terms of like the occasional uh, just throw to the linebacker's gut. It just seems like Josh Allen is doing that on purpose two to three times a game. And it's just very weird to see the situation they're in. What do you think of them firing Ken Dorsey? Because a lot of the, the analytical community came out and said, that, I mean, the bills are first and like EPA per play and, and all these different stats that kind of showed like, Hey, these guys aren't converting on the field. There are some miscues specifically Josh Allen, but the offense is doing what it's supposed to. It shouldn't necessarily fall on his lap. No, not at all. And I, I do laugh at some of those things, you know, expected points or expected yards. It's like it, it didn't happen. It doesn't matter that it was expected. But for me, I think it's just a scapegoat, right? This is probably Sean McDermott. I mean, he's one of the better head coaches in football, one of the better Twitter. defensive. Yeah, but just I mean, he's just, just it was like, I got to do something. Knee jerk had to do something. And you wonder if his job is in jeopardy. I mean, 
at some point you have to realize that that was your window. And if, you know, you feel like you've almost passed that. I mean, we all see Stefan Diggs' brother out there, right, on Twitter. He's just saying it's how, crazy. you know, uh, I guess Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen wasn't anything until uh, Stefan came to town. So it's just crazy that's all imploding. But, um, again, it's just the perfect result when you're the Dolphins, you know, kind of having that sour taste in your mouth for two weeks, losing to the Chiefs. I mean, it's not that bad, right? It can always be worse. And we're seeing that um, with our stepbrothers in the AFCs. So the Dolphins play five of their final eight games at home. They're already 4-0 at home. They're the only team that is undefeated at home so far this year. So there is a lot to like about the uh, second half of the season. But could you imagine that, man? Everything's going wrong, and then you got these outside distractions like uh, uh, brothers and family getting involved where it's not going to make things better. Like, this is something you need to handle in-house, and you got to figure out. I mean, whenever the Dolphins struggle, whenever the Dolphins hit rocks, hit, hit, this, hit these bumpy spots, Tyreek Hill has never done anything like this. He's stood by his guys, and I think that's so important. And when you're a team like Buffalo, right, I don't think you can really go through a list of how many teams fire their offensive coordinator and decide, all right, let's go win a Super Bowl. But in a situation where you really need to come together with one of the harder schedules left, that, that stuff cannot be happening. Like, even if after this year, you know, you want to trade Stephon Diggs, you want to, you know, have a complete makeover and, and even, like, wipe out the entire coaching staff. Who knows? You you still have a shot this year. Like, I don't think anyone would be surprised if the Bills somehow, like, overcame the hardest schedule in the NFL and made the playoffs and then won a game or two. Nobody would be surprised by that at all. But, I mean, these outside factors just piling on just seem to hurt and hurt and hurt. Yeah, I mean, it's football. That's the same way I felt coming into this. I mean, it's fun to see Dolphins Twitter taking a victory lap, everybody talking crap. But this just proves how the NFL, you know, with the drop of a hat, it can be so different. I mean, Ken Dorsey last, you know, a couple months ago was probably a finalist or, you know, a front runner for some head coaching gigs. And now you're hearing he's, you know, packing his bags. I, I saw a meme where uh, they were saying he's, he looks like Peter Parker, basically, before he got bit by the spider. And I was just dying um, thinking about that picture. But um, again, it could not happen to a better fan base. And um, we remember when we were at this point. So um, it just shows you how quickly the league can change and um, enjoy, you know, where we're sitting right now. Because again, six and three coming out of a bye. We got um, I got it written down here, the Raiders. Then we're at home, like you mentioned, Jets away at the Commanders. We have the Titans, the Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. I mean, they have some home games that they can win. I think five of the last seven are home games. I had it all yep. butchered on the site, so hopefully no one was relying on that. But, um, yeah, man, the Dolphins are in prime position right now and cannot um, be more excited for the Buffalo Bills to be imploding. From one team that has negative distractions off the field, Josh, I want to get your thoughts about a distraction who I think is actually being a carrot on a stick for a certain team, and that's Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. If you told me two weeks ago that um, the Jets would kind of be figuring things out, I, I wouldn't be able to believe it. And honestly, when they won three games in a row, the Broncos, Eagles, and Giants, I was getting a little concerned. Is this defense that great where they can win with someone like Zach Wilson? And then they scored six points against the Chargers and 12 points against the Raiders. And I, I completely threw that, um, that thought process out the window. But Josh, Aaron Rodgers supposedly tore his Achilles on like the second play of the season. It really, like, People are saying, like, he'll be back in December. He's saying he'll be back in December. It just sounds so unrealistic that, one, I think the most realistic conspiracy theory that's ever come near Aaron Rodgers' camp is that maybe he had a different injury, and that they're, they're just keeping and saying Achilles. But if it is the Achilles, which I kind of assume it is, I think Aaron Rodgers is being, like, that carry on a stick for this team, just saying, hey, guys, I'm coming, I'm coming. Just because, like, otherwise, like, the, the morale would – 
plummet so low where I think if you're Rodgers and you still need to be a leader, you're getting paid so much money. You come to this new franchise where you want to be seen as the guy. I wonder if, you know, Rodgers, if it is the Achilles, I don't think he's going to be back. And I, I kind of see them just kind of relying on hope to get through the season. Yeah, carrot on the stick. That's the perfect way to put it. I just can't get that image out of my head now. That's exactly what they're doing. I don't think he's going to come back at all, right? He does the holistic stuff. I think he does like this modern stuff, his own way of going about rehab. But there's no way he's going to be back from that Achilles. So it might just be giving them hope. But, um, you know, I, I sit here and I want to say that we shouldn't really um, worry about the Jets. But you mentioned it, man. At one point, you thought their defense might be enough to overcome some of those um, difficulties on the offensive side of the football. So, um, we know it's going to be a tough matchup, right? Black, the first Black Friday game um, there at Meadowlands. I mean, I'm saying that, and I don't know that I feel that way, but it, th- these division games go either way, and they do have a very good defense. Robert Sell is very familiar with uh, Mike McDaniel, but, I mean, they're pretty close to having that final nail put in their coffin, and, and you know, you can say the same thing about the Patriots. I mean, who would have thought Mac Jones and, you know, they brought in uh, Bill O'Brien. You thought the offense might be a little bit better. They signed Mike Kosicki. I mean, you kind of feel bad for him, right? He, he's not getting the gritty at all there in New England. So um, they're absolutely, yeah, so so I feel so bad. They're, they're at rock bottom, and it just, uh, again, this is a Dolphins chance, man. I just can't, um, we can sit here and talk about what the rest of the division has not been able to do, but right now, man, it's time for the Dolphins to do what they have to do and what they haven't been able to do for so many years. So um, prime position. I, I'm, I'm getting really excited, and a little bit ahead of myself for sure. Did you see the Patriots master the fake spike? I think that was the best part. <laughs> Bailey Zappi tried a fake spike at the end of the game and just hooked it right at a Colts defender. It was the coolest, the coolest play of all time. And Josh, going back to last year in that Raiders game, the Patriots had where, um, I, who was it? I think it was Jacoby Myers gunned the ball and Chandler Jones ended up bringing it the other way for a touchdown. I cannot believe how far the Patriots have fallen and how just – uh, in disarray their entire team seems to be so that man has been an absolute blast to watch and I'm enjoying every second of it every second of Pouty Mac Jones face um, every second of the fact that this team wants to trot out a quarterback that they cut and 31 other teams said nah we don't want to sign him on waivers just so they could re-sign him I'm telling you right now if Bailey Zappi if his name was like Tyler Thigpen he wouldn't be in the league right now there is absolutely no way so I'm really interested to see how that team kind of moves forward but man what a week to be a Dolphins fan. Mastered the test. You didn't go to class. Uh, any any final thoughts here on the week? I mean, you, you lost. You're in shambles. I get that. But, I mean, overall, you got to be feeling kind of good. Yeah, I'm, I'm six and four. So, in fantasy, it could be worse. Um, <laughs> but for a bye week, again, I mean, I felt coming into it, I was all pessimistic. Head down. No moral victories. But I feel like, you know, you came out of this bye week looking pretty good. And hopefully, they're healthy and they're ready to go. So, um, I, I, no, no further comment other than finish this thing off, Miami. Do what you got to do, Mike McDaniel. Do what you got to do to a Tyreek Hill and win the AFC East and make some noise in the playoffs because it's been way too long. The Miami Dolphins did make a little noise before going away on the week, and they opened the window for Devon Achan to return to the lineup. He was placed on IR four weeks ago. Josh, I think the vibe kind of was that the injury maybe lasts four weeks, maybe not, but, you know, you put him on IR, he gets the extra bye week to load up. Is this something I, I know we're not doctors. I know you drink a lot of Dr. Pepper though. It doesn't count, but does it feel like this weekend against the Raiders? We'll see Achan back in the lineup. 
I mean, I think if history tells us anything, it's probably that they're going to slowly incorporate him. But when you remember how well he played, you know, I think I ran down here 10th in yards with 460. This was on November 4th. So this isn't accounting for that last week, but he was 10th in yards, eighth in touchdowns, tied for first and 20 plus yard plays, first and 40 yard plays, and first in yards per carry. So, I mean, you know how explosive he is when he has that football in his hand. You know how different this offense looked with him out there. So um, as much as they're probably going to try to hesitate and put him out in that lineup, um, and again, you're going against the Raiders, so maybe it will be okay to give him, you know, ease him into it this week and get him ready to go for the following week. But um, Devon Achan changes that offense, so they might have him out there pretty quick. The Raiders feature the 31st-ranked run defense, and, man, you hit the nail on the head. I do think they're going to really ease him back in where you have that final stretch to the end of the season, right? Where you have, uh, you know, Baltimore, you have Buffalo. I think they're going to try to hold on to Devon Achan as long as possible. I know it's so hard not to get excited. I mean, you look back to the Kansas city chiefs game. I think Kat and I spoke about this a little bit, but there was uh they did the no look pass play to Tyreek that um, Achan scored on against, Buff- uh, against Denver when Denver wasn't a good team. Now they are a good team. Uh, Selvan Ahmed had that, had a reception on that same play and open field all in front of him, but he could not break that one arm tackle where you do wonder, can A-Chan really jiggle out of something like that? It's kind of fun to look at these stats still, man, because he ranks 25th in rushing yards with 460. That's 22 less than Ramondre Stevenson, who has played 10 games. Devon A-Chan, he's played four games so far. Alexander Madison, 461 rushing yards through 10 games. Devon Achan, 460. There is going to be so much excitement going into the return of Achan and what this offense can look like. But if I'm thinking big picture and I'm thinking process here and the fact that the Dolphins are slowly, finally becoming a healthy football team, I have to wonder if, like you said, they are going to take as much time as possible with Achan. We saw something very strange last week or two weeks ago where Jeff Wilson Jr. even had four targets. So I think they're very comfortable having their running backs do a bunch of different things and really can, uh, you know, switch them in and out of the lineup. And despite the struggle struggles, I think that Mike McDaniel really likes Salvan Ahmed and what he brings to this team. So I could see maybe just every week he loses two targets or two or, you know, 10% of his snaps. And over time we see HM become that guy. But overall, man, if I'm playing in DFS this weekend or anything like that, I think Raheem Mostert's the guy you want to play in something like fantasy. Yeah, and I want us to get credit for the Raheem Mostert train, right? I mean, we had countless uh, fantasy guys sitting there talking about him. I'm going to say it, uh, at least every quarter of the season. I mean, there were fantasy guys that had Jeff Wilson ranked ahead of him, and we said that he was going to be that guy. So we'll see. It's just – it'll be nice to have that run game back. I mean, no, the offensive line isn't fully healthy yet, so – um, you got to factor that in this a little bit, right? I mean, we're not going to be out there rushing for 200-plus yards um, right out the gate. But, I mean, Devon A. Chain is definitely a difference maker. So, um, I think River Craycraft's another guy that's probably going to be coming out soon, right? Isn't his window starting nice to open up? So, so, Dolphins are getting some reinforcement at the uh, perfect time. I think it's Robert Hunt and Robert Jones. I actually didn't know this about Hunt, but um, I didn't. I didn't see the report originally that they kind of – I don't want to say guaranteed, but they're like, yeah, it's it's still weeks for him. So that was a little concerning. Uh, but the fact he wasn't placed on IR kind of gives you optimism that hopefully um, when the Dolphins have to play uh, three of four games on the road, their last little road stretch there to end the year, that hopefully hunts back to that. Again, I mean, you know, Tennessee, Commanders, the Jets, these are the hardest games, but I think you'd be more comfortable having those guys back in the starting lineup. But yeah, man, I 
seeing this running game in, in full effect is going to be so great because I think there are going to be these games uh, like the Raiders where the running game can really do a lot of the heavy lifting and you don't have to, you know, empty the clip, you know, throwing it to Tyree Kill 15 times a game. And you can still try to figure some things out because you mentioned it, Craycraft's coming back. Jeff Wilson had... Um, excuse me, Cedric Wilson even had five targets last week. The one he caught was a touchdown. Um, Braxton Berrios was dealing with an injury. You expect him to see some more targets. So, I mean, this offense still has a few things to figure out here, and I think there's still a little bit of a ceiling for them to reach. Yeah, I think that's what's scary, but also, you know, what we want to see now at this point. Right? We want to know what the ceiling is. Um, we saw him kind of lay an egg last week, so I'm intrigued to see the way they come out of this thing um, firing. But you're right, man. They don't have all the pieces, and I do think – you mentioned Robert Hunt. We have to discuss him. Uh, he's arguably the be best offensive lineman we have, right? I mean, the more mm -hmm. I think about it, that dude needs a new contract. He's at the top of the list, you know, pay the man for Christian Wilkins, but you got to say the same stuff about Robert Hunt. So um happy that some of these pieces are going to be coming back. You mentioned um, him not going to Nair. That could mean that he's coming back within four weeks when we do make that playoff push. But um we'll see, man. Dolphins got to figure some things out, but they're getting healthy at the right time to make this push again in first place with everything else going on in the FCs. Not a huge noteworthy thing, but we're talking about um, the Dolphins did sign Anthony Schwartz to the practice squad, former Cleveland Browns wide receiver. I think he was a third round pick. And Josh, I mean, if there's one word, it's just fast. Dude's fast. Yeah, fast. I think he was like 100 meter or something in high school. Had the record or um, 4.25, I, I think I saw it was. Yeah, yeah, and I think he ran a 4.27 then at the Combine. So um, I had a Browns fan in my mentions, and I jokingly said that it sounds like Jakeem Grant, and he said um, actually he's worse than Jakeem Grant. He has worse <laughs> hands than Jakeem Grant. So take that oh, for what so it's funny. worth. I I then found like a video of him on like a 76-yard or 46-yard end around where you can see some of his speed. So we'll see what the Dolphins do there. I hope it doesn't mean that Jalen Waddle's out for an extended period of time. I hope it doesn't mean – that uh, Braxton Berrios is out long because I don't want to have to rely on Anthony Schwartz, but um, the fact that he's a practice squad guy, I'm a little bit intrigued at what, you know, Mike McDaniel could do with him. I, I really, you know, we said it so many months ago that Mike McDaniel has his own Madden Ultimates team, and it just, every time he signs someone with the speed and just the way they run this offense, it just, it always seems like a Madden Ultimate team and just he's cheesing the hell out of everybody. So uh, we'll see where Anthony Schwartz goes, but um, don't expect too much out of him, but that's coming from the guy that hypes up every practice squad wide receiver known to man do you think this is Jalen Waddle related do you think deep down this has anything to do with that no I mean I, I hope not I mean maybe Braxton Berrios but I hope that I hope not there either maybe they're just kicking the can on someone else maybe someone else is gonna get cut I mean I, I don't know it's who's one player a who's a receiver me. they haven't been able to replace yet What's that? He played three games. They had one receiver. He played three games. He had a very unique skill set. Then he went on the physically unable to the in season injury list about? with just the get, neck neck cut, injury. Stop, stop beating around the bush. Let's hear it. Eric Azukama. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. I don't know. That's a mystery. Kind of that injury is a mystery. We were talking about Devon A. Chan. I don't even know that he, they really still got an official word on what that was, right? I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, we never we never really heard about Ezukama. It was a neck injury stemming back to college, I think it was. But one thing he did really well early on, and I think what was so exciting, is he was running the football. He was lining up in the backfield. And you mentioned Schwartz uh, maybe struggling to catch the ball at times. I mean, dude, there were some brutal. I loved Jakeem Grant so much. That high five with Albert Wilson is in my heart forever. Um 
but man, there, there were some brutal drops there. So I wonder, Hey, this guy might not be able to catch the football, but let's get him going on a couple jet sweeps. I think he averaged like 10 yards per carry. Uh, again, he's a receiver. So these were all kind of trick plays. I think he has one touchdown, but I mean, that's where I kind of see it. I don't necessarily think you're kind of connecting like Jalen Waddle, like can get 10 targets a game, thousand yard receiver can line up all over the field. I don't think like Jalen Waddle can have really correlate with something like Anthony Schwartz. I don't know how those, if you're going from like that Waddle to Schwartz and, and thinking that's the process, I, I the Dolphins might be too. Yeah. We'd be screwed if that was the process for sure. And I, I hope, I hope there's nothing wrong with Waddle, right? I mean, he should be fully healthy. I know Mike McDaniel talked about that. Yeah, trying. Yeah, I tried him for him in fantasy this year too. So that's a blame oh. me, I guess. Oh, that's tough. That's tough, man. That pretty much sums it up. I think Jalen Waddle is getting healthier. We'll be back tomorrow with Merrick to talk about some uh, superlatives for the first half, or actually the second half of the season, and we'll dive into the uh, injury updates we see then. Um, but until then, let's just hope everyone stays healthy. I think it's that simple. Josh, before we wrap up here, it has been announced that every Tuesday beginning next week until January, early January at the very earliest, will feature an inside look at the Miami Dolphins and hard knocks in season. Joshua, what says you about this? It's funny because, you know, before when you see these other teams getting this treatment, you think, okay, I think I've been tweeted out. You know, I'd pay extra money for this kind of uh, backs, backstage access, but with the situation the Dolphins are in, you know, six and three at the top of the AFCs, I feel a little bit queasy about it. But at the same time, I'm excited to see that stuff that we wouldn't really get to see as being fans in the Northeast. So I'm a little bit, um, you know, torn between it, but it's going to happen one or the other. So I think it's what, one week from today. We're recording this right now, um, November 14th. So November 21st will be the first episode. And um, that'll be what? That'll be the Raiders game, correct? Yeah, it'll be it'll be right after the Raiders game, getting you ready for Black Friday against the Jets. So that'd be exciting. Do you do you think this could legitimately become a distraction for the team? Um, there has been two previous teams that have been on this. Uh, the Cardinals last year, who were already a complete dumpster fire, so that was kind of what it is. And and the Colts, I believe that was the year Philip Rivers was their quarterback, and they had the shot to make the playoffs uh, the final week of the season, and absolutely got stunned by like the lowly Jags or something like that. I should look that up beforehand, but. Um, I think the Dolphins right now are a better team than either of them were. I don't really think that's up for debate, but I can't really see like thinking back, like, man, hard knocks really shined a light on how ugly the Cardinals were. I think we just kind of knew that the Cardinals were a dumpster fire. Yeah. And I think with today, you know, we see all the different camera angles they have after games with Mike McDaniel talking to a time you know, break and huddle. We see all the different angles they have during these games. So I don't know how many different cameras are really going to be there that's really going to cause that big of a distraction. So, I um, mean, it's probably nothing. I mean, to these players, it's probably a normal day at the office. But, again, for us fans, we're going to be able to see things that we never even imagined we could. So, um, it's interesting, especially with it coming at you know, arguably the best season we've had in 20 years. And um, I know you're talking about doing a um, weekly recap, which is something that would be awesome. We can even come on here and do a weekly recap of each episode. It. So. Yeah, it'll, it'll be awesome time to be a Dolphins fan and to see that backstage stuff. And uh, praise God, it doesn't all fall apart, right? I mean, you mentioned those other teams. They were not on the same stats as the Dolphins, but um, that's the last thing we need is the entire world watching on HBO Max is, um, you know, that best season in 20-plus years just comes crumbling down. 
Mike McDaniel kind of feels like someone where I think he'd embarrass himself in front of the entire class. And I'm, yes, I'm using class um, just to kind of take the pressure off. I think we're going to see a lot here in terms of just how great of a people person Mike McDaniel is. It's so funny watching the, the preview video for it because they got this hype music and it will show like players celebrating. It'll show Christian Wilkins yelling and then it'll be like, <laughs> it'll show Mike McDaniel just been like, yeah, X Factor with all the hype and everything going where it just doesn't fit the tone whatsoever, but it's just who Mike McDaniel is. So I think that's going to be a really fun and interesting perspective of just seeing, you know, another opportunity to see Mike McDaniel. I know some people are starting to turn, say he's a little corny, but I mean, it's just kind of the person he is. His, you know, quotes are horribly, horribly awful to read in terms of a transcript because he's someone who likes to ramble, but that's kind of what a show like this needs, someone to take the spotlight away. But, you know, keep in mind, Terry Kill has a podcast. Jalen Ramsey, we saw the return video he did. You don't even know how how many places he had cameras or something like that. So, Josh, I, I did read some some comments on the Finsider because I wrote a story about the announcement, and there was this, were some people riled up that this is a distraction. The team doesn't, you know, they don't deserve this and all this other kind of stuff. And, and all I can think is... I think it, the fly on the ceiling is much smaller than, than those people think, especially considering that phones and these kids and their phones, they have them all the time. I mean, we, we do, right? I mean, you look around and you're just like, damn, dude, we always have our phones. Like it's, yep. and most time it's, we're just scrolling Twitter, just waiting for something to happen with the dolphins. Like whether it's news or I don't know, it's a sick thing, but. Um, yeah, I can I can understand them shaking their hand, but it's just it's it is what it is. Again, it's gonna happen whether we like it or not. And um, what better season for them to pick us? I mean, it says something about them picking the Dolphins, right? At what state we're at right now, um, the different type of players we have, the coach we have. It'll be interesting to see the way you know that back um, that backstage look, how it does impact things, and and you know what the Dolphins do these last few weeks of the season because. Um, they haven't had a more important stretch of games in, again, 20-plus years. I'm going to walk through the schedule real quick, Josh. Um, I want you to tell me which game you'd be the most excited to watch Hard Knocks on after if they were to win this game. So you got Vegas, Jets, Commandos, Titans, Jets, uh, Dallas, Baltimore, and the Counterfeit Bills. Which one do you think you'd be most excited to see on Hard Knocks, the, the, you know, the Tuesday recap? Probably, probably the Ravens, but I'm gonna or the Bills. Probably the Bills, right? I mean, Bills week eighteen. But at this at point, home, those games might not even matter. So now I'm fighting internally. I'm gonna say the Bills. We'll go with the Bills because you call them the counterfeit Bills, but they're still the AFC East. Uh, they still wear the crown, and we gotta beat. We gotta prove we can beat them. But wouldn't it be something if we didn't even have to beat them, and we're just like chilling at the end of the season? Dude, I have a, a sick theory in my head that the Dolphins are gonna win the next five games, and Mayor shared a stat where um, if the Dolphins win their next five, and I think – I didn't fact-check this, so if, if it's wrong, yell at him. Um, if Nerf. the Bills and lose Brave two – And Brave 13. And Brave 13, yeah. If the Bills lose two of those games, it might even be three, um, they, they're, the Dolphins clinch the division. So there's part of me that thinks the Dolphins are going to win five straight against the Cupcakes and then lose to Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo, and enter the postseason with a record of 11-6, and six, and all their losses are to the teams with winning records. I, I think that's how this season's going to go because we are Dolphin fans and we know better. Yeah, and then how would you feel? Your confidence has been all-time low, right? Hold on, a second. Yeah, so okay. yeah it'd be an all division winner. It, yeah, it'd be at an all time low. Your confidence after that. So, um, please God, don't let it end like that. What a wild ride that would be. Um, 
I kind of like looking at that Dallas game, right? It's it's Christmas Eve, four o'clock on Fox at home. I think that'd be a fun opportunity to kind of really reset it and think about this Dolphins journey as a, uh, a whole. CK Parrott, three yards per carry. He put out an interesting stat that noted that the only time that the uh, Dolphins have lost in the Mike McDaniel era at home was the Packers game on Christmas where the Dolphins led at halftime. Tua had that concussion and everything kind of fell apart with three interceptions in the second half. I think if you could win a game at home against Dallas on December 24th, the day before you know Christmas, I think that would be a fun full circle moment to see because I think the team would realize that too, where they were this time last year compared to this year. Because, I mean, that brutal, brutal losing streak they had last year, I, I think there were so many factors that went into that they couldn't control that I just think like it'd be such a breath of fresh air. It'd be such a relief to get a big win like that against the NFC opponent. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I wish they were winning our throwbacks because I'd always remember that one. Uh, thanks, it actually might have been Thanksgiving Day. So we're talking Christmas Eve. It was Thanksgiving Day when they wore those throwbacks with Ricky Williams and Jay Feeler, Chris Chambers, and things like that. But that'd be an awesome one to see for me. I just want to see him stay healthy though for this last stretch. Right? We're sitting here talking about how awesome this season has looked. How we might, you know, potentially ba- battle some of these teams in the playoffs. I mean, we hope to God we can stay healthy throughout that final stretch. So. Um, dude, it, it, I'm excited to be able to come on here and podcast with you because, um, again, man, we've been doing this for a long time and we have not been in a better situation than we are right now. That is it. That will finish out our Tuesday into Wednesday show. We'll be back tomorrow with Merrick to go through some superlatives of the second half of the season, get an idea of who we think is going to really take off as the Miami Dolphins push for an AFC East crown. Then, Josh, we're still kind of teetering. We'll, our game recap will be out either Friday night, Saturday morning, basically whenever we feel like it. So the the best way to know when a show is dropping is to subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your show. Uh, most of our listeners are just that listeners, but if you would like some visuals and to watch the show, you can log on to the 560 WQAM YouTube channel. Yeah, I said logged on. I'm that old. And there you can see our beautiful faces. That is it. That's all we have for another Dolphins podcast. Go follow Joshua on Twitter at H-O-U-T-Z Houts. Find him on Twitter. Take it. Find him on YouTube. Take it to the house. That is all we have. Thank you so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. Until next time, fins up. Fins up. Fins up.